Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey, Maurice, how was your weekend? Hey, my week was really busy. <laughs> I asked about your weekend, not well. your week, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a busy everything. I've been not holding a secret, but I've been keeping some information okay. uh, for myself. Close to yeah, so my boyfriend and I, we closed on our house. Well, congratulations. So, yeah, so we did that. Um, and, you know, we've just been spending time trying to get everything in order. Right. Get your yeah. fans in order. Yeah. So it's, it was an ordeal. Like, so if you remember, like, back in August, when, like, right after I came back from that podcast movement festival in Orlando. Right. And I said that we were going to open house. Mm-hmm. And so we had kind of been like talking throwing around the idea about you know buying a house and we watched a lot of hgtv and so we were like oh what are your yeah and you know how the couples (laughs) always have like their must-haves and things and so we were just hypothetically like hey what would your must-haves be and so Mm -hmm. you know he told me his i told him mine and they were pretty you know simple um he wanted a garage because of his work he um has to leave at you know, pretty early in the morning. He didn't want to have to be, like, searching for his car and, like, remembering where it was. So, he needed a garage. And then I just wanted a decent kitchen. <laughs> right. So, I could cook and, you know, entertain and things like that. And so, um, we found a house that we both liked. It met, you know, all of our criteria and more. And we also wanted to be, like, in, you know, a certain neighborhood. Right. And so, we found the house that we liked, but it was overpriced. And we're like, okay, well, we'll just you know keep watching it keep looking at it Mm -hmm. and so when i was in orlando the price dropped on the house significantly and they were having an open house that saturday when i got back so i got back from orlando um my bags were still in the car i'm like okay let's go to this open house (laughs) Mm because it was like kind of right down the street from where we are now and we loved it so we walked in and we had seen the pictures online but you know like once you see it in person and like get a sense and a feel for it it's different. So we went down, we were talking to the real estate agent and she's like, you know, do you like the house? Like asking us questions. And we're like, yeah, but we, we kind of like the view facing south towards the city. Right. And she goes. Letting everyone know you it's north of the city. <laughs> okay. <And> so <laughs> she's like, well, if you like this one, she's like, there's another one. Same, you know, floor plan, same everything. But it faces south. She's like, you can just go through like the car drive and she's like, it's open. Just walk in, take a look, and let me know what you think. And we walked in, and we saw the view, and we were like, yes. Oh. Like, this is it. And so, like, from that day, we just, we talked to her. We were there, um, like, an hour after the open house was supposed to finish. And, you know, she set things in motion. And overall, it was a smooth process. So now we're going to, you know, like, decorate and paint and do different things to make it a home. Well, congratulations to you, my friend. Thank Toast. you. Thank Cheers. you. Congratulations. Thank you. This milestone. This movement. It, I'm so happy for you. Is. It is. And I will get more into the story a little bit later in the episode. Uh, okay. But how was your week, your time since we last recorded? <sighs> I'll just give you my weekend. <laughs> okay. Please don't waste my time. Who? The people. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, I had a date scheduled for this weekend. Oh, how'd it go? <laughs> Motherfucker can. Oh. So. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, things happen. Uh, okay. 
but it's good. It's whatever. You know, I feel like that's just the cosmos and the world speaking to me, the universe in a larger sense. Well, did he cancel like within a reasonable amount of time prior to the date? Like 45 three minutes. Oh, okay. So no. Oh, but that's fine. fine. You know, it is what it Who is. Who died? Um, I don't know. Somebody died. No. Oh, okay. But I, I'm going to just leave it there. I don't want to embarrass <laughs> folks. Um, also, it was, you know, was supposed to go out with the other friend and have a lovely Halloween soiree oh, yeah, party. because it was gay Halloween. But um, they got a little beside themselves and the night ended early. But, you know, things happen again as well. I'm not blaming anyone in particular, but again, you know, to me, our most... Um, important and most finite resources are time. Mm-hmm. And I get very frustrated when people waste my time. But um my friend, I love you all nonetheless. It's okay. All is forgiven. Mm, it's not okay. I get it. And that was my weekend in a nutshell. Okay. The quickest weekend uh <laughs> <laughs> recap that you've that had from Justin in a long time. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Don't waste my time. I know that's right. Oh. Uh, uh. So let's get to the next segment of the show. <laughs> what you drink? What you drinking? So tonight I'm drinking a a red blend. It's a, a Cabernet Sauvignon in Syrah blend. Um, it's called Charles and Charles. And bitches just don't sound speak. I don't know. It's some white boys. They look like LMFAO in front of an American flag. <laughs> but it's a cheap wine. It was on sale. It's actually pretty good, though. I was looking for a Shiraz. Okay. Because I don't think I'm drinking a Shiraz here on the air yet. But this is a Syrah, which is different than a Shiraz. Um, maybe you can talk about that in your epidemiology. <laughs> My or, epidemiology. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the wrong word. Not it epidemiology. Because that's about the skin or the epidermis. No. No. Endocrinology. Oh, gosh. I'm just sorry. <laughs> pedagogy. And your pedagogy. That's what I meant to say. Pedagogy. Okay. And your pedagogy in our weekly IG posts about the drinks that we do. Um, but tonight I'm just drinking a blend. Okay. A red blend. All right. I had a really um, busy day today. So I just grabbed the Pinot Grigio from the chilled oh, is it from ramona from real housewives of new york oh no <laughs> pinot grigio take it easy though <laughs> um but yeah that's what i'm drinking uh tonight before we get into the categories tonight later on in the show we will be joined by chad newton he's an author from philadelphia and he's going to talk about his new book of poetry so stay tuned for that yes i'm so excited for my dear friend chad to join us he wrote a book called 75 mostly gay poems and we're just going to have a little um reading and conversation about his work so let's hop into the categories for this week category 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 is one of Maurice's favorite of the uh West Kardashians. <laughs> Kanye West releases new album, Jesus is King. He is Lord and Savior. Have you, he, Kanye, or Jesus? Jesus. Okay, Jesus, yes, I agree. Okay. <laughs> have you had the opportunity to listen to this work? Um, I have not because I think it probably has all kinds of subliminal messages and I'm not trying to join that cult. What was that movie? It was like Josie and the Pussycats. What? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So maybe I'm a little younger than you. But there was this movie called Josie and the Pussycats. And it was the like, live action one? It was, yeah, the live action oh, one. And they were like basically like a, this rock band. Uh-huh. But like Target and other companies like Macy's or like Home Goods or whatever put like subliminal messages no. into the music in the airwaves that like to have people go buy their products at those stores. But they didn't know about it. But then when they found out about it, like they broke the, the music down. 
But anyway, this is the plot of the movie. Yeah, uh, no man. <laughs> so I feel like this is the plot. I feel like this is Kanye now. I feel like there's subliminal music, like there's subliminal messages in like the music, or like if you play the music like backwards or something, it has something in it that would get mm. into the mind and waves of people. Well, I don't want that. But anywhere I mean, near me. okay. So I did listen to like the first two tracks. Okay. Um, did you catch the Holy Ghost? I didn't. Oh. And I want to give Kanye that chance, but. I feel like he's unworthy of that. It's, Why? <sighs> Everyone is worthy of the glory of the Lord. I agree. But I, with Kanye, I approach it with some skepticism. Why? If I'm just being honest. Why? Because I don't know that his motives are pure. Well, his motive is to make money, just like every other gospel artist out here. I mean... Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Tamala <twer> Man. <laughs> Mary Mary. Okay. Everybody <laughs> out here twerking it for Jesus, trying to get a check to... Smokey Norfolk? Him too? Shirley Caesar, okay. Yolanda Adams, everybody wants you to okay. pass that collection plate and give them some money. I, I I agree. But to me, it's that they at least have ex exhibited or demonstrated some no. devotion. Mm. Well, I mean... And Kanye, I mean, he just said that slavery was a choice like two years that's ago. That's not what he meant. That is what he meant. No, what he was saying. I'm not even going to get into that today. We're talking about the album Jesus is King, which might be um, the number one album in the country. Okay. Well, that is due to his association with the number one with the family. Lord. Oh, okay. Listen, don't knock his... Um... Mary Kardashian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> I, I, okay, so spirituality is very personal, but this right? Is, this is the spirituality. This is religion. In the Ari, it's the same, it's no. spirituality. Mm, I guess. So this is religion. I there's a guess. there's a distinction. Either way, spirituality or religion is very personal, and we don't know what his connection to the Lord is. You don't know. I mean, does he go to church every Sunday? Who knows? He has those Sunday services there all the time. But you don't have to go to. Religion to me, you don't have to go to church every Sunday. Religion to me is the practice of going to a certain place every Sunday, doing a certain thing. Not even Sunday, every, you know, whatever specific day when you practice your religion, going here. You know, it's, that's the religion of it. The spirituality comes in where it's your connection to whatever higher being that you believe in or don't believe in. Okay. So my distinction is that spirituality is something that's individualized, Right. Where I feel like religion is something that's organized. Religion has certain rituals, certain sacraments, certain customs, and things that are required. It is regimented. Whereas spirituality is something it's that's It's the same individual. thing. I'm going to burn these incense. I'm going to put on these oils. I'm going to put on these beads. I'm going to do this. It's the same thing. So I don't think just because he's married to Kim Kardashian, just because they are, you know, pop culture royalty, you can't knock that man for connecting to the lord they don't have anything to do with that but is it disingenuous i don't think so and i don't think we're either of us is in a quest in a position to question that because and i'm not because if this man has found the lord yeah then he's found the lord mm -hmm. he's delivered <laughs> <laughs> andrew crawford andrew. <laughs> i'm not delivered no i'm not gay no more but Again, that is, you see the analogy that I drew there? That's how laughable it is to me. No, I don't think and so. And for me, it is just the, also the fact that he's asked all people who were involved with this project to abstain from, from premarital sex. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to come pure of heart, mind, and body. But you can't ask everybody to get on your on your 
on your train. That you're, you know what I'm saying, currently going through, sir. That is for the sake of the project. You. Is, if he's doing a spiritual, religious-based project, of course, he doesn't want them to be fornicating and drinking and doing all kind of sins. Well, darling, when he's, he's trying not to drinking get his, with that beer belly. When he's trying to get his mind right and produce this project for the glorification of the Lord. Oh, okay. I mean, I just don't <laughs> think that you could do that. Like, don't sit here and come at this man for trying to use his platform to introduce the Lord to a lot of these sinners out okay. there. Okay, but my thing is, is okay, everybody's sinners, so let's not make it like a... Every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. Okay, Phaedra, knowing that one of the main pillars of the black community is our connection to our religion, is that he's trying to opportunistically uh, 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 attach to that to regain so. some clout or mm-hmm. some legitimacy based upon his um, disassociation with our community mm-hmm. based upon his prior statements related to that of slavery and saying that it was a choice and his support of Trump and to make America great again. So I think that, that got nothing to do with his religion. But I, but again, I question whether or not his intentions are pure. Again, I don't think you can do that because we all going to be at the gates seeking judgment one day. And I don't think that's a good Not look. if you drop in love for Jesus. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't think you can question that. Like, it's no different than anybody else putting out a Christian gospel, because they are kind of different, CD. How are they different? So Kirk Franklin was on Instagram live or Facebook live or something saying that Christian is more aligned with a Caucasian demographic, whereas gospel is more aligned African with people. Black, the black tradition. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and speaking of Kirk Franklin, did you hear about Kanye West <laughs> talking about his pornography addiction? Again, I don't live in Kanye's head. And Thank God you I don't. think that a lot of the times when he is speaking, he's not speaking in a, a stream of consciousness that I can follow so maybe you know his understanding of it is in there somewhere but i don't know as far as the cd i'm not mad at it i was just confused by <laughs> that listening party he had and they had like all those trees and stuff inside yeah all the, like the uh, pussy willows yeah it looked <laughs> so weird it, it looked did. like those sunday services he has like out in the woods or at the Coachella's. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. And then, like, the outfits that, like, him and his children wear in, in life. It's just, like, releases. What was wrong with the outfits? They're just a little overly designed. It's just a little bit too conceptual. You're giving them too much. Leave them people alone. <sighs> okay. Just not unless you be judged, honey. Well, you know, I guess if I want to join the church, I'm joining the Church of Rise and Shine. Because <laughs> my ministry speaks to my spirit much more than whatever Kanye that is doing. It's an inspirational message. Rise and shine. <laughs> she sounded a little bit better than that. She... <laughs> my voice is hoarse. Uh-huh. I've been yelling all week. So speaking of demons and sinners. So Ben Affleck, who is... <gasps> What? Continue with your statement. Oh, so he's an Academy Award winner. Is he? Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, with Matt Damon, so he apparently has been battling a number of addiction issues. A number. Yeah. As in, 
a few or as, as in several? More than one. Okay, as in, <laughs> as in a couple. More than one. Okay. And so, anyway, on Saturday night, which was widely celebrated as Halloween, because Halloween's on a Thursday this year. Right. We have to do it the, the, the Saturday before. before the weekend yeah. before. Yeah, because this weekend will be too late. Right. Like November 2nd. Um, but anyway, he was uh, he was seen publicly inebriated at a UNICEF masquerade ball in West Hollywood. Ooh. Okay. West Hollywood, darling? West Hollywood. About the Abbey, darling? Mm, probably. By Trunks, darling? <laughs> All the gay clubs in LA, haunty? So he was wearing like this ugly purple suit and he had on a skull mask. A purple suit? Yeah. So A body suit? A no, like a, it was like a three-piece suit. Okay. Yeah. The three piece. Yeah, with a vest. Mm. Are you drunk? A little bit. <laughs> okay, because you keep interrupting me. Sorry. While heading to the event, he was seeing having trouble walking as he left his hotel. One of his friends released a statement saying that sobriety is difficult and elusive for anyone struggling with addiction. He said that Ben has slip ups from time to time and you know, was basically saying that it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. for someone to remain sober. The next day, Ben was seen at um, his ex-wife, Jennifer Garner. I can't stand her. <laughs> From that... Um... So maybe she's just as bad as Jennifer Aniston. Well, I mean, I prefer Jennifer Aniston a little bit more. But he was seen at her house, and um, it was interesting because before he was seen inebriated, he posted a statement saying that he wanted to have a serious talk about recovery, that for over a year he's been in recovery and trying to help out others. And it was just like this whole statement about releasing a donation so he could help people who are battling addiction. Mm-hmm. And then like two hours later, you seen stumbling in the street, drunk off your ass. Ma'am. Yeah. Get your life. That was a bit much. But I don't know because addiction is not a demon that I, I personally struggle with. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do. Um, so... It's a little sad because, you know, you don't want to, like, make fun of someone who's struggling with that. So right. I kind of wanted this to be, like, our realness topic for the week. Okay, so let's flow into our so, realness. Like, so I know addiction is, like, a lifelong struggle. Like, I watch 90 Day Fiance, and there's a couple on there. Like, the guy is, um, he has a gambling addiction. And so, like, the wife doesn't trust him with money. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, she doesn't want him to get too stressed out because she knows that will trigger him to like relapse right and you know when i okay when i first moved to philadelphia i was dating this guy and i didn't know for like a long time but he was actually addicted to meth Mm -hmm. and like looking back on it because i didn't find out until like the very end you know of us dating Mm -hmm. and when i look back on it i was like okay things make a lot more sense now right you know, with that information and, you know, towards the end, it was like, okay, well, after I found out, it's like, well, now what do I try to fix you? Do I try to like, you know, get you into therapy, into rehab? Like these are, you know, kind of considerations that, that I was going through and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, cause I want you to overcome this. I want you to, you know, get over this. Right. But you know, that was my own kind of personal thinking like okay go to rehab and you're cured mm-hmm. but i didn't i guess i didn't realize that how much of a struggle it is like on a daily basis right and 
I don't know if that's a kind of struggle that I, I would want to have to deal with. You know, it's difficult. You know, my mother, she works in um, as an executive director in addiction. So for me, I think I always had a, like a sensitivity to addiction and I kind of had a deeper understanding in terms of the fact that addiction is a disease. You know, and a lot of people don't recognize it as a disease, just like cancer or diabetes or mm-hmm. anything. It is a disease. You know, I was involved in a relationship before with someone and had no clue. Mm-hmm. There was an addiction issue. I knew that, like, the drinking was maybe a bit excessive, but not... Maybe abusive, but not to the extent of addiction. Okay. But then there was a point, you know, where I learned that there was other substances involved. Okay. That combined with alcohol made it... Worse. Worse. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I found out, again, similarly to you, everything clicked. Mm-hmm. And it made sense. And addiction comes in many forms. Addiction comes to... You know, things that I think society would deem as unproductive, such as alcohol or drugs or, you know, but also other things. There's people who have sex addiction, like Kanye was talking about with his pornography addiction. There's that. Um, Alcohol, drugs. There's also people who are addicted to work. People who Not me. <laughs> I am not one of those people. But no. But my mm-hmm. thing is an addiction is people who are who, who pour themselves into their work in order to distract from real life. So good luck on your journey, Ben. We are going to pray for you. Jesus is King is out now. Yes. Buy it wherever you stream. Mm-hmm. Your or, music. Or, or you can find a 12 steps program. An NA, an AA. Maybe I need to go to an addiction for this alcohol. Am I wino? No. Joining us today is the author of new book, 75 Mostly Gay Poems. His name is Chad Newton. He's my dear friend. He released this book on Amazon, and it's available for your purchase today. So you heard that. Go to Amazon and purchase it. Is it on Prime? It's on everything on Amazon. Okay, get it there. Um, Chad lives in Philadelphia. He's a registered nurse at a hospital here in Philly. Chad has many interests. One among them is his poetry. That's spreading on Facebook. You can find out about it there. And here. And here. <laughs> Welcome, Chad. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's good to be here, guys. It's good to have you to learn more about your poetry and what you have going on. So, Chad, we're going to have you do just a reading of some of your poetry from your book, 75 Mostly Gay Poems. Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you to both of you for purchasing the book and also for reading uh, the poems. That is an honor coming from two men of distinction like yourself. <laughs> stop, We're stop. learned. We read books. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> More of us should. <laughs> it's a dying thing. <laughs> but if you could read one of my personal favorites um, for its simplicity and its honesty, um, poem number 60, not blank enough. Yes, poem number 60, not blank enough, was written, I can give you a quick background, mm-hmm. um, on some frustrating days that I had uh, when I felt like like many of us in the audience probably who think that uh, people are rejecting us uh, for various reasons. It doesn't even matter what your background is, what your color is, where you come from, uh, how much education you have. So I will read this and then we can discuss uh, if you guys would like to. So uh, it's poem number 60 from the book. It's called Not Blank Enough. It says, tell me the reasons you do not want me. I'm not good enough. I'm not bad enough. I'm not black enough, not white enough. I don't speak the language of the poor well enough. I'm not Latino enough. 
I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not muscular enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not educated enough. Tell me the reasons you do not want me. Mm. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me what was, again, you kind of spoke earlier about some of your motivation behind writing this particular poem. Um, do you want to speak a little further or elaborate more for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, how many people out there, you know, among your, your listeners who've experienced this where they, they feel like uh, no matter what they do as a gay man um, or any, any member of the LGBT community or any person for that matter out there, that no matter what they do, people, people don't seem to want to pair up with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a frustration that I share, and I know that a lot of people out there also share that, that it doesn't matter what you try to do to tailor yourself so that another person accepts you, because people do, do find a reason to say no, to walk away. And I don't know if you guys have had that experience too, but I know I've, I've certainly had it quite a bit. So this poem um, resonated with me particularly, you know, for some things I'm going in my own life. And I think that, you know, it's a collective consciousness that we as gay men, but also Mm. black gay men dealing with our intersectionality to deal with from society, feeling like we're not good enough and constantly feeling like we have to prove ourselves. In particular, if anyone's read my last microblog post on the website, www.categoryispod.com, I talk about, you know, learning to let go and dealing with rejection after you feel like you've lost a career, a loved one, a lover a friend mm-hmm. and all the things that come with that rejection that you feel but what you have to know is is that you are a whole you are more than enough absolutely you we know? sure are i but, mean after after a certain number of years on this earth you better be more than enough because you know you are a survivor you're here for a reason we've gotten to this point because we can survive absolutely. now unfortunately um like you said people in the gay community um, but I think in the in the world in general, people make you think that you're not enough. And I know that I am enough. You know, um, I know that Maurice knows that he's enough, you know, but um, sometimes we can't seem to get other people to see that. Uh, and I think the answer is to find your own strength within yourself that you are enough and to heck with those other people out there who, you know, don't see that. Yeah, I do. I do agree with, you know, what both of you guys are saying. I do think that. In any kind of situation, we all fear that rejection. And then if you are rejected, you kind of want to know why. Mm-hmm. And you want to know, tell me the reason. Tell me, you know, what is going on that I'm not appealing to you. They never when... tell us. <laughs> <laughs> they never do. So it could be anything. But you have to realize that, you know, you're enough. You have to believe within yourself that you're enough. And you have to... Um, you know, kind of not put too much thought or emphasis or, you know, kind of self-deprecating feelings into why can't I be enough for this person, for this job, for this, you know, anything. You just have to, you know, believe it within yourself. And I think even with dating, even with, because I think that was probably the impetus of this poem, right? That was probably, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those even, bastards. <laughs> with dating, you know, you can have someone who has all of these characteristics on paper. They could be tall enough. They could be muscular enough. They could have, you know, enough money in the bank. They could be everything that you want to check off on a list. But you don't want to date a list. You know, you don't want to date someone who just has a bunch of qualities. You know, you have to want, you want to feel that connection. 
And you want to feel that confidence within them that, hey, I know I'm enough. If you don't see it, then that's your loss, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. But I mean, also... Wait a minute. I I did not know that Maurice was a relationship counselor. I mean, this is good stuff, people. Are you listening to this? Because he knows. For some of us, that struggle is a little bit harder. And we carry that within our souls. I I hear what you're saying about carrying it, Justin. And I'm no expert at all, by any means. Um, I just have a little life experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been around a little bit. A few times. I can tell you that, oh, hey. There's some poems about that. There's some poems about that. (laughs) But I feel like you do have to find that strength in yourself. Because guess what? As you are learning, nobody's going to bring you that strength. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come in a glass of wine like what we're sipping on right now. Okay? (laughs) It It comes from within. Yeah. And you can't wait for them to give it to you. We're going to go to poem number 10. Number 10. The Touch of My Hand. Oh, lordy, lordy. I knew that you guys would find one of those. (laughs) Okay. So number 10 is called The Touch of My Hand, and it goes like this. Dark summer night, perfect for its purpose. How did we end up with crickets chirping? I sit with him on a hill near his house, two young adults discussing and flirting. In the wide sky, the clouds were not present. Millions of stars blessing us from above. Against a large tree, to me you were sent. The touch of my hand, your problem was solved. The stars closed their eyes as rain clouds moved in. Our perfect night's love turns into chaos. Years of confusion, in my mind the din. I still think it was magic between us. So that's the touch of my hand. Mm. Boy, this is bringing me back. Bringing you back to To what? Oh, that's why you wanted me to read it. Okay, okay. Well, let me qualify this. So the book is based on some of my experiences and also the experiences of some of my friends growing Mm -hmm. up. So I can't. I can't tell you that all of these poems were about me. And some, some of the individual poems are a mixture of stories that affected me as well as stories that affected um, the people that I've spoken to. So, but yes, um, I mean, can't you imagine what it's about? Can't you tell from the verbs and the yes. words and the imagery? This, <laughs> this poem was giving me Mariah Carey underneath the stars. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> why? How come? You know, it was just like... What you know, album is that from? That's from Daydream. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here goes the knowledge. <laughs> I tell you, one of the reasons I listen to you guys is because, and I've said this to, to Justin privately, you have such a knowledge of pop culture that it would take me years to research some of the stuff that you guys talk about on the podcast in, in a 10 minute period you just have you just have it on the tip of your tongue ready to go we just, I don't know we just absorb I, it through I'm like what yeah. Mariah Carey what <laughs> I hate to say it but it's true oh gosh <laughs> so why does it uh, remind you of that anyway uh, Maurice like a summer night we go we go you know like on a day hilly kind of meadow or whatever and uh-huh. we just enjoying a hilly meadow yeah we're okay. just in, enjoying the time together and it's just like looking up at the stars, feeling each other, weak in the knees, you know, just just like that. And it kind of gave, gave me that. Um, so in the last part of the poem, you talk about how one perfect night's love turns into chaos. Mm-hmm. Years of confusion and in your mind, the right. din, the noise, like what was that confusion that was caused well, I by think, that? Um, 
this re- this reminds me, and and the listeners out there can probably relate to this, where you meet someone when you're younger, much younger, right, and you didn't expect that you would have that spark with him, or her, or they, or they yeah. and then um, you know you just have this wonderful moment that you weren't expecting, you know, and then you just have this experience, and time happens, time passes. You go separate ways, and then it, it becomes a cloudy memory, of course, over time. But there are these specific things that you don't forget about that experience with, with that person, you know. And, and yes, I do call it a perfect night's love, um, you know, which then turns into chaos because um, perhaps what happened to that person was a little tumultuous, or what happened to me was a little tumultuous. Um, and, you know, you reflect and you say, wow, um, I can't believe that this has happened to this person. Um, but you still move on and, and everybody survives, you know, and, and that's that's the part of that's part of growing up is that mm-hmm. you don't stay the same. You you evolve, you move on, you find other people, they find other people. And it's just but you never forget. I love it. It reminded me, honestly, mm-hmm. the imagery I got from this uh-huh. poem was actually from the um, film Moonlight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They oh, oh no! And by the meadow, beach, by the beach. Oh, that, yes, it evokes those and memories great, for me. What a great scene that was! I love <laughs> Moonlight. I've watched it a few times, and I, I, I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to that scene, that you are there. Oh gosh, right? aren't you there? Yeah. Don't you feel like you are both of them, and you're sitting by the water, you know, by the beach, uh-huh. and and you you just place yourself there. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, this was written before Moonlight came out, just okay. so you know. <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, for the record. Barry's <laughs> not coming after you. Yes. So, Chad, I know that you've been working on this book in your spare time uh, before it's come to fruition and you publishing it on Amazon. Um, could you just talk to our listeners about, you know, what has happened since the book has been available for purchase and some of the response you've gotten from the internet in the world? Absolutely. Um, first of all, it's been a sobering experience because I, you know, when you do something that you think is an endeavor, you don't expect everything that happens. You expect this, you expect that, but you know, you might get something else. But um, I published it on Amazon. And first of all, I didn't realize it was published, that it was actually live. I was waiting for an email. <laughs> Confirmation. And, yeah, and it didn't come. Oh. So... I was working, you know, because I'm a registered nurse, so we do 12-hour shifts. So I was working for many days straight. And then um, I said, I wonder what's going on with this book. So I go online to check with um, Kindle Direct Publishing, which Amazon owns. And it said, your book has been live for six days. And uh, nothing had happened. So I was like, oh, this is not good. (laughs) So meaning I hadn't sold anything. So I thought, oh, this this is a shocker. So I said, let me put this on Facebook. And like everybody else, I have 400 friends, 500 friends, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made the post public, and that's when the requests started trickling in, friend requests. And I thought, okay, well, let's see how this goes. I remember it was like 10 friend requests and then 15, and I was like, oh, wow, I have 15 friend requests. And then one day I woke up and it said 200. Oh, wow. And then another day it said 400. And, well, this was three weeks ago. I had 400 friends or so, and then now I'm up to 5,000. So, wow. And it's people who are interested in the book. Mm-hmm. And 
but you know they want other things too. Oh, <laughs> like you know these ads. gay men. <laughs> and I have to tell people, listen, I buy the book first. I, thank you so then. much for your interest in me as a person and my physique and all that. Um, but I, 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 I'm here for a reason, and I don't lie to them. I, I tell them, listen, I'm here to to promote my book and. And I thank you for adding me. But you know, if you look, if you live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I live in Philadelphia, how are you going to get to know me better? And <laughs> are you going to pay for the plane ticket to come to Philly? Because I'm not paying. Because <laughs> if you're in Tuscaloosa, we got to fly through this city and that city until yeah, we get together. So we have to be aware. But anyway, the point is that there's been a pretty overwhelming response on Facebook, um, and it has translated into sales. And I certainly appreciate that. So, Chad, we know some people might be interested in learning more about your background. I know you're from the island of Dominica. Correct. I'm going to Dominica in February. Oh, you didn't tell me. Yeah, I'm going on a cruise. Oh, my God. You did not tell me that. I hope you have a good time down there. Yeah, so like... Oh, you're going to his motherland. Yeah. Remind me just before you go so I can tell you where to go. And where not to go. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just just be careful. It's like it's like walking through uh, any neighborhood in America. You know, you just have to know where you are. Yeah. So what's life like um, growing up in the Caribbean? How was it moving to the United States? And, you know, what what things have you been doing since moving here? Well, um, boy, that you just asked me a question about the last 25 years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll try to sum it up. So, yes, I did come to this country as a teenager from the island of Dominica. And for people who may not be familiar, um, it's in the Eastern Caribbean, um, about three or four islands north of Barbados, which you probably know. Rihanna! (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, And to be more specific, it's um, in between the two French islands of Martinique and Guadeloupe. Uh, but I, I have to say, by the way, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> We're glad <laughs> because to have you. Uh, one of the things I love uh, about listening to you guys is the chemistry on the show. And you know, as you just said, Rihanna, it just reminded <laughs> me because you guys you, you seem to play off of each other so nicely. And and I bet you the listeners are wondering how you have such great chemistry. Does anybody want to talk about that before Ooh, I move uh, on? Talk about this, that. This is, the interview is for you. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just, it's, you know, it's, it's a long time friendship. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Because I've known Maurice just about as long as I've known you. Okay. Yeah. It's a good yeah. 10 years, mm-hmm. 11 Longer, years, something yeah. like 11 that. 11 years mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, we go way back. Um, but yes, yeah, so I moved here um, to New York <clears throat> and I went to high school in New York and you know, um, then I went to college for broadcast journalism, uh, so I do have a background in television journalism. Um, I also worked as a, a news producer uh, for the News 12 networks in Yonkers, New York, um, before then moving to Syracuse to be a television reporter full-time, where I was live on the 11 o'clock news, uh, you know, at the fires and the accidents and the <laughs> snowstorms and you know, the shootings and the stabbings and the car crashes, you know. So I've done, I did that um, and moved on uh, later to become a special education teacher in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, interesting fact, um, I had the option of becoming a teacher in New York City or Philadelphia. So I chose to go with the teaching fellows program in um, Philadelphia because at the time I said, I need to be able to get a house. And I was thinking ahead, 
And at the time, the average price of a home in New York was mm -hmm. about half a million dollars, yeah. whereas right. the average price of a home in Philadelphia was probably one zero less. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, I chose Philadelphia, and I've been here um, for for that you know since that time mm -hmm. for right. more than ten years. So it's been a journey, and of course, I then went back to school to become a nurse. Uh, so I've been a registered nurse uh, for three and a half years, almost four years now, actually. So, in fact, November will be my fourth year Aww. since I passed my uh, NCLEX, the oh. nursing boards. Yeah. So you're talking to a man who's done a few things, <laughs> um, but I remain Many humble. Careers. I remain humble. You have to be humble. Yes. And now I'm an author. <laughs> yeah. yes, I'm so Look proud of that. you. The power what? of black gay men. Yeah. Do it up. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. And I'm glad you mentioned that because there is a poem in the book uh, called A Gay Man, which talks about that, the fact that we accomplish so many things in mm -hmm. our lives. And I'm getting some feedback about that on Facebook too, the fact that we stay busy. Um, to keep ourselves occupied for a reason. Because as we were talking about um, before, you know, people are rejecting us. People are throwing us to the side and even our own kind. So we're, we give ourselves all these accomplishments because we are really the epitome of, of accomplishments and of doing things to make ourselves better. Because if you don't, you falter and you become suicidal and depressed. So why not have four careers, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I started writing the actual poems in my final year of teaching. And <clears throat> I was studying for my nursing boards, and it was a stressful time. And as we said before, um, you know, we go through these moments um, of uh, not feeling too well, you know, all of us do. And so the poetry was, in a way, some type of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but like I said, I did it while I was still teaching. Because the kids are bad. <laughs> my kids, my children. The kids here. Uh, they could have, yeah, some, some of them were a little bit. But I did tell the students, I said, hey, guys, I'm actually writing poetry. And they said, um, can we hear some of them? And I said, well, let me page through what I have, you know, so far, or scroll through. At the time, it was really on the computer. And um, I said, I don't know if you can hear this one, because these were ninth graders. Oh. I said, I don't know if you can hear that one either, because, uh, you know, I hadn't refined them yet to make them safer. <laughs> so, um, but I did find one or two that I could, have, I could read to the children, mm -hmm. and they were 14, 15-year-olds. And I read, I read a couple of them to them. This was an English class. And uh, the students said... First, they said, Mr. Newton, you've been through some ish, <laughs> right? They didn't say ish, yeah. but I'm saying ish. And I know you guys use um, expletives on the show, but I shan't. But um, <laughs> the students sure. also said, um, you know, those things sound like songs, Mr. Newton. And they're like, you should write songs. So um, that gave me a clue as to the impact of my words. Mm -hmm. And of course, I used that as a way to teach the lesson of the day and maybe mm -hmm. the lesson of the week to teach them that they too can write and their words can mean something. And fast forward all these years, and this is in a book format, and I'm so proud to see a book of poetry by myself, you know. Um, but if they're, if they're listening, you never know, they're older now, um, they, might, they might realize that they too can publish and they too can get their words on paper and get people to read them. 
And of course, this is also available um, from Kindle. So if you go to Amazon.com and you search for 75 Mostly Gay Poems, um, you, can, you can read the Kindle version too. Uh, if you're not somebody who likes to have the actual paper paper book in your hand, you know I have, I'm actually more of a paper book myself uh, kind too. of guy. But you know there, I have to admit that there are plenty of people out there who don't mind, you know, on the plane scrolling yeah. through the things, scrolling through, yeah. and uh, they do it like that. So, but um, I have to say it is a joy uh, to have written this and to be a part of uh, what is happening. And it is a gift uh, from me back to um, the people who are reading this and who have found uh, some inspiration from it, you know. And it's only $9.99. So. <laughs> yeah, it's well worth the money. Yes. Well worth supporting someone in our community who is telling our stories, giving life to our experience, and legitimacy to who we are as black gay men. It is so important what you've done in this work. And I thank you for it. I'm oh, inspired thank you, Justin. Thank you, by you as my friend. Um, I have aspirations of publishing one day. You, you sure um, can. One of the smartest on. people I know. But I told him that since I met him. He was like 20, <laughs> 21 or 22 or something like that. I don't remember. But I said, brilliant. And of course, at the time, he had no idea that he was going to go to law school. But I always told him, I said, Justin, you're a very sharp person. Yeah. You know, Quick-witted, always ready. You know, oh. Look at him now. You know, He's really accomplished quite a bit. Oh, thank you, friend. Yeah. It means a lot to me. But I'm so inspired by you. I'm going to ask you to sign my copy here. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So I can be official. Wow, um, I got to think about this. <laughs> what will I write? All the category is, to all our listeners, please go support Chad Newton. The book is called 75 Mostly Gay Poems. It's available on Amazon. Chad, tell us where to find you on social media. Oh, this is news. I'm so glad I forgot to mention this. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached my 5,000 friend limit on Facebook. So, <laughs> yes. so I have created a like page uh, by the same name, Chad Newton. So your listeners can go and like my page, Chad Newton. Uh, don't send me any friend requests because <laughs> I have reached my limit. So I am unable to add you anyway, even if I want to. So the best thing to do is to go to the Chad Newton Facebook page and just like it. And uh, yeah, you can absolutely find my book on Amazon, 75 Mostly Gay Poems for $9.99. Yes. Thank you so much, Chad. We were so glad to have you here. My pleasure. Oh, thank you. Now it's time for I, I Said What I said. said. So my I Said What I Said for this week is... Based on my recent home buying experience, um, overall it was pretty uneventful, it was a pretty smooth process, but you know, there are slight, slight hiccups and delays here and there. But my, I say what I said is, I don't really think people should buy homes. Oh gosh, <laughs> wow! The process is just so convoluted and just so <sighs> many papers you have to sign and like so many disclosures and all these bank statements and all your tax returns and all this information they want for you for mm -hmm. what Child. now i have a house but what who really owns a house the bank <laughs> so it's like mm -mm. i went through all of that for what mm -mm. and they make it look so easy on hgtv any show you know this, the couple is searching for a house they go to commercial break and it's like ding dong we already moved in so it's like wow i don't know but somebody needs to come up with like on demand buying a house 
some way to ease the process. To ease the process. Simplify, streamline. Yeah, from finding it online, ordering it, and two days later, you move it in. Right. Because, like, I had my Carvana experience with buying my car. It was super easy, seamless. You go online, you search for what you want, and you buy it in, like, a few clicks. Right. I think that whoever invents the Carvana of buying houses is going to be, like, the next billionaire. <sighs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I get, like, you know, it's the American dream, and it's, you know, everyone's to own a house, but renting is, like, so much easier. It's a lot less stress, and it's a lot shorter process. So, right. I don't know. In a few months, I guess I'll feel a lot better about it, but I guess coming... Just because you're just going through it. Yeah, constantly. like, coming off, like, fresh off the process, I'm like, oh, okay. But you're just turned off a little bit <laughs> and i said what i said okay well my i said what i said this week goes to um it's hard right because i feel like these organizations are necessary and they serve an important purpose but i also feel like they're full of a lot of bullshit and that is like black empowerment groups or like mm-hmm, black gay men's mm-hmm, empowerment groups no 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 what mm-hmm. i'm saying is, is i feel like a lot of these organizations come together right and they have conventions they have um what is it called events luncheons, luncheons <laughs> and all these the things to try to empower people to do what they need to do and they're also targeted to women you know like women's empowerment or mm-hmm. women in business women in this and mm-hmm. i can't help but feel like it's to a certain extent like career evangelism Or it's just, like, people coming who have, like, had success in their career. And not that they haven't worked hard for that success or earned that success, but they're up there telling you what you need to do. But at the end of the day, how many people are walking away from those events and those functions with actual tools and or skills and or opportunities to make their things happen? And I understand and get that it has to come from within. You Mm -hmm. have to put in the work and you have to put in the time, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and the tears. But I can't help but feel like a lot of these organizations are just networking for clout or for the purposes of being grandiose or ostentatious or showy. And and I don't know to what extent how many of these people after they, the one or two days following the event still feel empowered to get that work done (laughs) or still feel like they have the agency to move forth and accomplish their goals. Do you see what I'm saying? You pay them that membership dues, then you can come. Sure, you can come. You bought a ticket, you can come. But to what extent are you really being availed of the opportunities? What opportunities? Or of the mentorship, or of the guidance, or of the assistance of that group. Again, Mm -hmm. I I feel like sometimes there's, I just have a frustration within how people can be marginalized within a marginalized marginalized group already. And that's just a frustration (laughs) of mine. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I do not. So when you go to a a black organization as a gay person, are you fully accepted there? What what opportunities are, are, are provided to you there? Are you shunned? And again, I understand that's just the walk that you have in your life to kind of navigate as an individual. But I feel like these organizations, are they really all-encompassing of the community which they are dedicated to serve. And that is my, I said what I said this week. Okay. I said all these organizations need to do better at trying to really fully encompass the full breadth of the organization or the affinity group or the <laughs> marginalized group that they wish to serve. They don't care about that. They, you pay that money, they got paid, you eat that 
dry ass salad that they give and that you. whack ass cheese yeah but i mean they can only give you so much like they can sure. stand on that stage and spew inspirational quotes they found on instagram 45 <laughs> minutes ago but it's on you to take those tools and empower yourself to do, take yourself to the next level like i can only inspire you so much i'm saying if, if you're I, an organization you should be focused not only with serving the Serving the less of these, not the more of these. You know what I'm saying? No. So I look at those type of seminars as like a live cooking demonstration. You can go out there and buy the exact same ingredients. It is not going to be the same final (laughs) product. It's not going to turn out the same. Like, yeah, they gave you all of the instructions. They gave you all the ingredients on the shopping list. But you yourself have to, you know, build up that efficacy and build up that skill set to take that meal to whatever level you're trying to get it to. Or else you're just out here looking like cooking for bae on Instagram. <laughs> and I said what I said. It may be a bit tangential. You might not have been able to follow me down At the all. rabbit hole. It's time for tens, 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 tens across the board. <laughs> My tens this week goes to four black people or people of the African diaspora who were named as MacArthur Genius Fellows for 2019. What are you laughing at me for? The MacArthur Foundation uh, has announced 26 individuals who qualify for the this year's class of the MacArthur Fellows. Now, if you don't know, the MacArthur Genius Award includes a $625,000 stipend over the next five years, which will fund these individuals in their research and their life's work. So this year, four African-American individuals were nominated, or actually not nominated, but actually were named as recipients of the MacArthur Genius Award. Sadia Hartman is a professor of English and comparative literature at Columbia University. Um, and her fields of interest are African-American and American literature, cultural, history, slavery, law, literature, and performance studies. That's a long, very focused field. Well, it's all like black-ish. Okay. Uh, the next recipient is Walter Hood, a professor of landscape architecture and environmental planting and urban design at the College of Environmental Design and the University of California, Berkeley. Kelly Light Hernandez is a professor of history at the University of California, Los Angeles. She's an interim director of the Ralph J. Bunch Center for African American Studies at the university. And Emmanuel Pratt is an urban designer and co-founder of, and executive director of Sweetwater Foundation, a nonprofit organization based in Chicago's South Side that engages local residents in the cultivation and regeneration of social, environmental, and economic resources in their neighborhoods. So congratulations to our four African-American winners of the MacArthur Genius Awards. So for my tens this week, I might sound a bit hypocritical based on my I said what I said, but I'm fresh off that process. But (laughs) my tens this week is going to anyone who is out there living, striving towards, and achieving their goals. Always remember that you have a support system out there. People are going through the same process that you are. Learn from their advice, you know, so that in the future you can also give the same advice. Um, it's It was funny because my friend Christine and her husband are buying a house also. They closed Aww. this week. And, you know, it's it was... A lot going on at times, but it's it's good to be able to lean on your family, your friends who have been through that situation or who are just, you know, someone that you can talk to throughout it. So in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 7 and 8 says, oh, Reverend Smith. 
<laughs> says the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. So just hold on, be strong. When you get to the end, it'll be so much better than just getting frustrated and giving up. So yeah, that's my tens for this week. Jesus is King out now in stores. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, praise him. Be praise sure him. to cop that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us at another week of Category Is. Uh, remember to like, rate, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.